So, have you ever felt hopeless? Come on. <laughs> right? I, I think every one of us at some point in our journey of life have felt hopeless. There's a song that we sing at Christmas time called Old Little Town of Bethlehem. And it has these words in the lyrics. So, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep and silent stars go by. Yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Philip Brooks, who wrote this song back in the mid-1800s, Somewhere along the life in his journey, in his time, he recognized the fact that this birthday that we're celebrating, this Christmas, that on that night of Jesus' birth, fears and hope collided. And as we know, hope won out. And so even in the midst of hopelessness, we can find hope. We've been talking this Advent in our series, The Gift That Keeps on Giving, and the idea is that this gift that we celebrate, the gift of Jesus Christ, is a gift that keeps on giving. It's not a one-time deal, and we talked two weeks ago about the gift of giving, that really giving, giving things away is a gift. We are not meant to hang on stuff to stuff. We are blessed to be a blessing. And we also realize that it's in our human nature. And we, we talked about this a couple of months ago when we talked about the four things that humans really desire and strive for. It's just kind of the default thing. And one of those things is acquiring stuff. We, we want more. Humans are rarely satisfied with what we have. We, we've got to have more. And, and we talked about two weeks ago that, that this need for acquiring, this greed that we sometimes experience and go through life in, that the antidote to that is generosity. And that's why we're going through this 21-day devotional together, and I hope it's stirring you on and sparking some thoughts around generosity. I know in the discussion group I had this last week that that was a comment I heard from a couple of people in the group. It was just, wow, it, I, I've been challenged to rethink generosity once again, and it is when we give something away that we really grow to appreciate it. Well, last week we talked about the gift of relationships, and it was kind of a shortened thing because we were online and, and this whole shift and all that kind of stuff. But the whole idea behind this last week is that we are given relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's how we have a relationship with God. It's through Jesus Christ. And out of that, we're given a relationship with others, both those who are followers of Jesus in the body of Christ and even those who are not followers of Jesus. And this relationship, 
relationship stuff is, is something that, it's not just something we hang on to and we, we hoard to. It's, it's relationships we give away also. We, this relationship with God, we're, we're to give that away. We're, we're to share with people about that and give it away. It, relationship with others, we're, we're supposed to give away. Sometimes we expect and we want people to do things for us. It's really about what we do for others. And we even pushed on the whole idea, if you're feeling lonely, do something about it. I, I know that's hard, but sometimes we sit and we're just waiting for somebody to reach out to us. And, and I get that. The, the, it's a tough time. And I, I understand that all that we're going through, but really, if, if, if you are alone, then Pick up the phone. Call somebody. Relationship that we receive, we're to give away. Now, that, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't care for those who are lonely. We, we should be. If you're not feeling lonely, who, who does God want you to call? The, the, the idea behind the early church, and we, we went through Acts, part of Acts, really fast last week, and the reason why the church grew is because of the relationships that people had with God and with each other. They were intentional about reaching out to others. So the question is not so much how are people reaching out to me, but how am I reaching out to others? This week we're going to be talking about the gift of hope. And the Christmas story is a story of hope, and we're going to tell a couple of stories this morning. The first one is right from Christmas, this story of hope. It's, it's Mary. I mean, we all know this story. We hear it so many times. We hear it every year. We read the Christmas story. Uh, but I want us to look at it and just look at it from a point of hope. I mean, if you think about it, here's Mary, a teenage girl. I mean, she's betrothed to Joseph. She's engaged to Joseph. She's just doing life on her own. And then an angel shows up and says, oh, by the way, you're going to have a baby. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and overshadow you, and you are going to give birth to the Christ child, and you shall call him Jesus. Now, we sometimes get desensitized to these stories because we're used to hearing them. But think about it and imagine a culture where women are seen as less than and a culture where you are told who you are going to marry and a, and a culture where if you got pregnant outside of marriage and you got pregnant by somebody else other than the one you're engaged to that, oh, the shame. And the poverty that would come. But Mary exuded hope. And the hope was not based on her situation. The hope was based on the word from the angel of the Lord. I mean... I imagine she was a little concerned, too, about Joseph. What is Joseph going to say? And as, as we know, Joseph was going to quietly divorce her until the angel of the Lord showed up in a dream to Joseph. And then 
Joseph went from a point of, wow, this relationship may seem a little hopeless to, oh, there's hope in this because there's something bigger happening than what I see. We don't hear much about Mary's parents, but what do you think they would have said? I mean, I can imagine Mary's dad going, Mary, what in the world are you talking about? Angels? You're pregnant? Does Joseph know? And what about the other people in the community? And that's partly why Mary left and went, spent time with Elizabeth, was to get away from that. But Mary's hope through this whole thing was not in her existing situation. It was in the words from the angel of the Lord. This message of hope keeps being given as we read through all of the New Testament. And one particular story is a familiar story again, and that's the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman who, speaking of someone who may be experiencing hopelessness because she had had five different husbands, and the man she was presently living with was not her Husband, do you think she had much hope? Again, remember her culture. To be divorced means you have nothing. It's not like divorce today. Divorce is bad today, but at least there's this dividing and separating, and a woman can go on her home. In that time when it was divorce, that was it. The woman would have to go back to her parents' home, but something tells me her parents didn't want her if she had five different husbands. Something is going on there. We don't know all of the details of the story, but what I can tell you is there most likely was lots of hopelessness in this woman's story. Jesus meets her at the well. And what does Jesus bring? Among other things, hope. Jesus says, hey, if you only knew the water I had, living water, water where you would never thirst again, You'd be asking me for water. All of a sudden, so much hope came over this woman that she runs back to her town and says, Hey, there's a guy who knows everything about me. And what we don't hear in the text, but I, I just kind of read into it. He, he, he knows everything about me, and he still cared for me. He still spoke hope into my life, even though he knew all of my junk. Jesus brought to her 
a living water that quenched the dry hopelessness of her existence. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, this woman, her thirst for being and finding hope was found. It was met. So what is hope? The dictionary tells us that hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. It's a feeling of trust. Hope has a focus on the future, expecting something to happen, i.e., I hope the Vikings will win today. Jesus, please. On Thanksgiving or the night before Thanksgiving, as I'm putting this turkey in my smoker, I'm hoping that it gets on, done on time for dinner and that it tastes good and that everybody likes it. I hope I get a job. I hope I get a raise. I hope my marriage turns around. It's focusing on the future, wanting something out here. Hopelessness, then, is a feeling or a state of despair. It is lack of hope or no hope. There are lots of stories of hopelessness. We, I, I would say to a certain extent, the year 2020 could be marked as a year of hopelessness because um, there's this thing called a virus and it's unknown and how do we respond? It shifted our whole way of doing life. Everything that we planned on got changed in an instant. It changed, and so maybe there, there's a sense of hopelessness about tomorrow because do I wear a mask or don't I, and how are people going to look at me either way, or I'm isolated, I'm at home, or... I've lost my job because of it, or the list goes on. We also had all these racial tensions where people who were rising up, who were expressing a sense of hopelessness in their experience in our country, in our world. There was this rise of, you know what? We experience life different than you, and we don't, it just seems like you're not paying attention to us, so now we are going to express ourselves. Then, of course, there's the election. Everyone is proclaiming fear. Nobody is proclaiming hope. 
I mean, be afraid. I mean, you, you have one side. Be afraid. If Trump is president, racism will continue and women will be degraded. Children won't be safe. The world as you know it will be done. We don't want to have Trump as our president. And at the same time, we have, be afraid if Biden is president, communism will take over, we'll lose all our freedoms and rights, your children won't be safe, there's no hope, both sides are expressing fear and hopelessness. And that's why for me, 2020 is the year of hopelessness. And that doesn't include all the things that we find every year. Lost jobs, marriage problems, addictions, the list goes on. The point is that when we are facing loss or experiencing difficult times or wondering what tomorrow holds, we lose hope. And it is hope that we need to get up the next day. Hope is what keeps us going. Part of the reason we lose hope is we put our hope in things that are temporary. Or we put our hope in things that will eventually fail us, like the Vikings. You may experience a false sense of hope, like they win a few games in a row or something, but they will fail you. And just so you know, anything that you put hope in that is of this world, is temporary, will fail you, and will in the long run generate hopelessness in your world. So today, <clears throat> as we look at this gift of hope, there's three things we're going to look at. We're going to look at the gift we have received. We're going to look at the gift and how we give it away. And then we're going to look at when others receive the gift from us, what happens to them. And so this first thing I want us to look at is the gift we have received. What have we received from Jesus? Why are we celebrating Christmas? Because we have received from him hope. Remember, hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for something to happen in the future, a feeling of trust. So there's something we, some things we need to know about this hope that we have received from God through Jesus Christ. And the first thing we need to know is this, that God is the God of hope. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is the God of hope? 
Do you believe that as you get to know this God of hope, the more you get to know him, the more you experience hope, the more you experience hope, the more by the power of the Holy Spirit you will overflow with hope. It's just what happens. The more you focus on God and the hope that we find in God, the more it fills you and the more it overflows you. Hope is a feeling, it's a feeling of trust. Surrendering our lives to Jesus is the act of that trust. Knowing that Jesus came to bring us salvation and then trusting in that and surrendering to that is what fills us with hope to the point of flowing. We receive from the God of hope the gift of hope. The other thing we need to know about this gift of hope is that faith is confidence in what we hope for. Hebrews 11.1, 1, we know this verse. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Putting our faith in Christ is putting our hope in all that Jesus has said and done. Just like Mary put all her hope in the words of the angel of the Lord. And so what all she went through, she went through it because her hope was not in her situation. It was in something eternal. So too, when we put our faith in what Christ has said, it fills us with hope. That faith is the confidence in what we hope for. We are hoping for something bigger and better than what this world has to offer. There's another thing we need to know about hope, and that is this. Hope is what is coming. It's the future. Romans 8, 24 and 25. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Our hope is in our salvation. We hope for more than just what we experience here, that there's an eternal salvation. There is Christ coming again. That is our hope. Christ coming again. Maranatha. Sometimes, today, we forget that part of the story. We are living our life like, hey, we're just going to, I'm going to get my 72.6 years, or whatever, whatever the length of, I'm going to get that, and then I'm going to go be with Jesus. Remember, we should be crying out, Lord, come again, Maranatha. That's what the early church was singing and praying for. Lord Jesus, come again. That is our hope. In Titus 2, it says this in verse 13 and 14, While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. There it is. See that? While we wait for the blessed hope. What is the blessed hope? The appearing of Jesus who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. 
Jesus came to redeem the world. And we are ministers of reconciliation. We are the priesthood of all believers. We are the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We are aliens. This isn't our home. We're visiting, okay? We have been redeemed by Jesus, and we wait for the return of Jesus so that we can go home. And while we wait, we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Another thing we need to know about hope is this. Hope is produced by sufferings. Hmm. Don't know that I'm going to like this one. Therefore, Romans 5, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We boast only in the glory of God, nothing else. Why? Because we have been justified by faith. We have gained access to the throne room of grace because of what Jesus has done. This is where we put our trust. This is where we put our hope. And oh yeah, the hope you want that's living comes through suffering. See, here's, this is my twist on it. I think we get comfortable and we begin putting our hope into something here, like money or possessions or the next job. And we're hanging on to it and our hope is in that. If I only get this job. I hope I get this raise. And all of a sudden, our focus is solely on that. And then God brings a trial along. Maybe removes the job. Maybe brings something in where money disappears. And then all you have left is Jesus. You see, usually I experience trials of many kinds when something I really like or want gets removed or disrupted. And I know for me, I, I kind of want life to be easy. I think if I put my hope in a relationship, a trial comes and disrupts that relationship, all of a sudden, oh, wait, 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 wait. My, 
my lasting living hope is not all about that relationship. It's about Jesus. My hope for a better tomorrow is not getting this job. My hope for a better tomorrow is Jesus. My hope for tomorrow is not who becomes president. It is Jesus. The last thing I want us to know about hope, this gift we've been given, is that it is a living hope. Peter says in 1 Peter, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. He, God the Father, has caused you to be born again into a living hope through Jesus Christ, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this celebration of Christmas is the beginning of a celebration of a gift from God that began with Jesus coming and moving into the neighborhood, coming in as an infant, growing up here, living on this earth, showing us how and what it means to live our lives in a way that brings glory and honor to God. And then he died and he rose again and we have that living hope. In fact, that is the only living hope, that is the only living water, that is the only thing that will truly get you up tomorrow and get you moving no matter what you're facing in this world. Peter continues in chapter 1 and verse 6. And he talks about the same thing that Paul talked about in Romans, and that's trials. He says, In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you loved him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We will experience trials and they are to test the genuineness of our faith. This gift of hope is a gift that causes us to rejoice, not because of what we put our hope here on earth, but because we know that there is something more than what I'm experiencing in life right now. Now, what it doesn't mean is that it doesn't mean we don't grieve or don't mourn when we're in the midst of something. I mean... If you are feeling pain because of a broken relationship, because of divorce or whatever it may be, feel that pain. It is real. And it is okay for us to express that pain. If you are experiencing anxiousness and grief because of a lost job or whatever it may be, it's okay to experience that. Don't 
We don't push those feelings away. That's part of who we are as human beings. What we need to do is as we are experiencing the reality of those pains, we need to make our path back to the cross. We need to move toward Jesus. Read the Psalms. The Psalms are written by David and others, and it's expressing, God, how long will it be? God, how long will my enemies have whatever over me? How long is expressed often in the Psalms and at the same time I turn to the Father because the psalmist realizes that even in the midst of grief, God is the one who brings hope. The gift of hope, the living hope, means that I can face anything. Whether it's a pandemic, racial tensions, elections, divorce, whatever it may be. The second part of this, and this goes a lot faster. I see Eric coming up here. The gift we give, then, is hope. Remember what I read earlier about as we come to God and we experience hope, the Spirit fills us to overflowing and it pours out. We have the gift of hope. There's so much hopelessness in this world, people. We need to be shouting from the rooftops. Jesus is the hope of the world. How do we give this hope away? Three things. Real quick. Learn to listen. First, you need to listen to God. What truth is God speaking into your life? What areas are you putting hope in other things other than God? Ask God. He'll reveal it to you. He'll show you. Listen to others. And when I say listen, I don't just mean words going in and out and you try to fix them. Listen to them and say, I hear your pain. I hear your loneliness. I hear that what you're going through right now is so hopeless. Hear you. Second thing, learn to love. Love God and love others. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Romans 15. Each of us should please our neighbors. Love others bear their weaknesses, come around them in the midst of their pain. And then the last thing, learn to proclaim Jesus. Part of proclaiming Jesus is to tell your story. When you listen and somebody says, I am feeling pain in this, share back, I hear you, I had a time of hopelessness here, Jesus, the living hope, came into my life and brought hope even in the midst of this pain.
couple of weeks ago, I was meeting with a bunch of pastors, and um, one of the pastors is in the midst of crisis. And in the midst of crisis, he's talking about how much hate is in his heart, how much shame he has, how much anger for certain people. hopelessness and I listened to him and I said I hear you those feelings are valid I get it and then I was able to say you know about 10 years ago I had those same feelings towards people in the church because I was going through something similar. I was there. Here's how Jesus brought hope into my life. I know that Jesus will bring hope into your life. You and I have been given the gift of living hope. It is eternal. And I challenge you crossroads for the next week proclaim nothing but the living hope of Jesus no matter what is going on in this world proclaim Jesus say I know you're feeling this I hear you but Jesus I know this is uncertain but Jesus I know we have no idea what six months from now looks like but Jesus, he is the giver of hope. Amen.